The date is April 10th. The season of 2023 is underway. Cal, where's your level? My, is it my level? <laughs> my levels are at even. Why are you even? What do you mean? I'm even keel right now. I mean, I'm not doing too bad. I'm not doing too good. I'm 5-4. and four. I shouldn't be 5-4. and four. Probably should be in last place with, with Aaron, but you know, I'm doing all right. I'm doing okay. Hey, Aaron's got company. He's fine. I'm doing better than I deserve. That there we go. Can you steal that? I will. I already stole it. <laughs> all right. Hey, our last podcast was about two hours, just over two hour marathon. Thank you for all the donations, by the way. Got nothing out of that deal. Um, however, this show will be not as long. It's going to be maybe a 30 minute blitz. Um, and throughout the season, we're going to try to pull this off. Um, not every week, but maybe every other week we're looking at. Uh, it'll be on what do you think by Wednesday of the week? Do you think, Cal? What the, the pot will be up at Wednesday? Usually, yeah. Uh, I'd like for it to be up tomorrow. I don't want to dilly dally on it, but who knows what will happen tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I, I would like it up. Um, uh, I could probably edit it tonight and see if I can get it up tonight, but we'll, we'll see what happens, I guess. See how long this goes. And that's what she said. Well, that's um, um, I've lost track of my, my deal there. Our last podcast was a two-hour marathon. This show will be a little bit shorter. Um, probably going to do about a 30-minute blitz. Don't know how long it's going to take. We'll take a look at that and go with it. But um, try to make it a routine every other week to do a recording on a Monday. Um, that's going to be our best day for us personally. So you guys are sitting around waiting for the show. You can at least know that we're going to be doing them at least twice a month. I know our next scheduled one will be the 24th of this month. So we'll put that on your calendar for it to be launched by the 25th for the next show. If you want to be on the show, call our producer. We'll get you on perhaps. So um, we're pushing the pace of play is in full effect. So we're going to try to get this in 30 minutes. So things we'll cover are a variety of topics throughout the season. Some segments will be one and done while other segments We'll bring back each and every podcast. Um, things we'll cover this this show, at least. So we're going to go over some transactions. The wire's been hot for the first couple of days. Um, who's hot, who's not, player-wise, and for the teams in the lot. So maybe a little off-the-wall tidbits to honor our boy, Ugg. And uh, basically try to get all that done in a half-an-hour episode. So... Whatever's going on in the Sandlot, we'll try to cover, and hopefully we bring some entertainment along with some education. So, Cal, are you ready to rock? Absolutely. I guess we'll start off with the waiver wire. I know you had a couple you want to talk about starting on the 29th of March, which is before opening day. So it was that Wednesday before opening day started on Thursday. So, Yeah, that was that was uh, just a few, but the, I feel like that was probably the hottest of the wire. It was between Heat Wave, Acquire, Christian Arroyo. Um, they were, I think, all five dollars. Nope, 
five dollars for Christian Royal, and the tribe picked up Hayden Wisniewski. Is that how you say that? Uh, and why not? Sure. <laughs> and of course, your beloved Iron, Iron Paws overpaid some injuries and overpaid for Cutter Crawford. But hey, I didn't want to mess around and not have not have a pitcher, so dropped eight bones on that and called it a day. So. We uh we three kings there started off the waiver wire pretty hot there, filling in some needs. So that was pretty good. Uh, a little fun fact with this first what are we? We're on the tenth, so a little over ten days. There were forty five waiver wire moves and two hundred and forty dollars of wax spent. I didn't even know we had that amount to spend after the auction, but. There's your uh, nugget of the day right there. I had no idea that was how many went. In fact, every day we had at least a transaction go through, except for, for whatever reason, the seventh. The internet was down or whatnot, but uh, there was no wire moves, waiver moves on that day. So, But with that, um, $240 spent, 45 moves. Four teams did not even make a move. Um, and the most shocking stat... But I think I found out with 45 moves, there was only six injury moves. I thought it would be more than that. So from there, we'll move on to the 31st, the day after opening day, where everything went silent and there was no gains played. There were two. Yeah, there were two moves that day. Again, by the Heat Wave and the Iron Paws. Heat Wave picked up Graham Ashcraft and the Paws picked up Bryce Terrain. Fresh. Out of the miners and called up. Saw that coming through and I swiped him up for a bargain of six dollars. So it's cheaper than Cutter at least. So yeah, I was a little disappointed. Cali. I was disappointed on that one because I kind of thought, like, I knew obviously I knew Terrain was going to make the roster, but it was the matter of okay, he has uh, the speed and the glove to at least like stay here, but does he have the bat? Because that was kind of the question the miners uh, of. He mm-hmm. showed the bat. Out of nowhere. So I was really hoping I'd have enough time to at least just watch his ABs and see how he reacts to the pitching. I didn't have enough time to even do any of that. You picked him up, and he ended up coming out of the gates red hot, as it was anyways. So um, he looks good for right now. I don't know um, once there's enough film on him if that that success is sustainable. It's not going to be the level he's doing now anyways. Because um, he is he's very, he is very high. I think he's like... 357 or somewhere around there right now as an average. Um, so yeah. obviously he's not going to hit that over the course of a season. But even if he hits like 250, 240, uh, you'd have to be pretty happy with that off the wire. So if he can, even if he regresses to that level, I think that'd be a great pickup. Um, but but I, I, I did like that pickup. I was just hoping it'd be me instead. Well, hopefully it pays off. Um, it's early in the season. It seems like he's already tapered a little bit since that first weekend, but he could be platooning too right now so uh, so we'll have to look at that keep an eye on it at least uh moving on to april fools mr saturday we had quite a few uh acquisitions there were one two three four that day hardcore desert dukes gunners and green onions onions picked up diaz um four position player all five dollar players acquisitions ramon urias to the gunners mitch keller to the dukes and hardcore acquired orlando arcia What's your take on that day? Uh, well, out of all of them, I think the one that sticks out the most is probably Mitch Keller. Uh, it looks like yeah, JJ was the one who picked him up. Keller uh, has been kind of the, uh, I don't know what, what a really good 
good comparison for him would be. But every year there's hype around him. Every year he disappoints. Except this year he's come out of nowhere and just shown high quality stuff. He's getting guys out. He's pitching well. Um, if if you look at there, there's a metric that is used by the biggest of nerds called Stuff Plus. Uh, it's like a model that basically shows it's it's like an algorithm that basically shows you know pitch breaks and velocity and all that. It's it's a, a lot of nerd talk, but it's essentially like the, your best pitchers in baseball will be on this list. So like for example, like the leaders are Shohei, Degrom, McClan- um, McClanahan, Cease, Snell. Those are your leaders that you're going to see in like the top. 10 for the first two starts was Mitch Keller out of nowhere. So Mitch Keller is in the top 10 of these guys with like Burns, Alcantara, Scherzer of stuff. Plus never thought I'd see him on this list. Um, granted it's, we've all been sold the same lie on Mitch Keller before I've been victim of it. I don't know if it's sustainable, but if, even if he just does, you know, part of this, I think it's still okay. I think that's why I said for terrain, but, a lot of these guys are just going to be hot out of the gates and then obviously have regression. But, yeah, if you're getting a fraction of what you paid for here, uh, I, I think you still can walk away pretty happy. A lot of these moves are just patches until, you know, your studs come back or whatnot from injuries. So we'll see how much of an impact it, it has on, you know, each team's acquisitions and where they are in the standings. So moving on to the next day april 2nd it was just one team making two moves it was the golden domers acquiring louis weimer weimer and luis renhifo I, he spent a ton of money on these two guys it was yeah, uh, a total of 16 dollars combined nine and seven respectfully. Uh, it's kind yeah. of a, it's a lot for weimer i think but um i still think it's a decent pickup probably a little a little um dear for my taste but he um, Tim had picked up Weimer, which is an understandable move. He was a top a top prospect of the Brewers organization. You already had one of them. Freelix already gone to another team. I don't remember who off the top of my head. But Weimer was kind of like the, the top Brewers prospect remaining that was available. So he got the call up to the show, slotted into the lineup immediately, and played played well. But there are things that we need to look at as, you know, are we getting a little ahead of ourselves he is not hitting the ball that hard, but it's still producing really well. But he's like, let's let's take a look here. He is actually the fifth percentile among all MLB players in exit velocity. And typically, if you hit the ball hard, you have a higher chance of of sustaining success in the bigs. And if you're not hitting the ball hard. So if you're on a tear like Weimer's on right now, you're probably going to fizzle out. Now, Weimer is fast. Um, he's like 94 percentile of speed. So he can kind of, you know, get these infield singles, which if you look at his spray chart, it's all kind of just like infield singles. And then he's got like one random home run that went like 440 feet. So kind of, I don't know what his profile is, but I think it's probably just going to be a guy who you know, hits 230, 240, and is very fast. I, I, do, I, I do like Weimer in, in, the, in the minors. I don't know what that's going to show over his first season. I think he can still develop power. He can still develop exit velocity. These are things that we can work on. But, yeah, I thought it's an interesting pickup for Tim's team. I think he's hot now, probably on the path to fizzle out pretty quick. Meanwhile, the three-position player, Luis Renifo, uh, 
dropped seven bones for him and dropped him six days later. Um, just got dropped over the weekend. So a dollar a day rental for that player, he's gone. Um, goodbye. So not sure why the short uh, lease, but yeah, he's up for grabs now. Somebody can get him for five bucks if they want. On to the Monday, April 3rd, there were another four acquisitions. The Gunners, once again, making two moves, uh, picking up the Cardinals' Alec Burleson and Nick Fortes, catcher from the Dolphins. I almost said the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Um, the other fish, the Marlins, thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the Deuce pick up um, Joan Bay and Drew Jamison go to the Black Sox. So you got highlighted on Jameson. What's your take on that one? Yeah, Jameson was, was obviously uh, Dodge being a little in-depth with the Diamondbacks organization and then jumping at the first chance to see one of his guys get called up. Um, Jameson so far has been – he's been doing well. I think they were their intention was when they brought him up, we'll keep him in the bullpen, we'll see how he does, and then we'll go from there. Well, lo and behold, not only does the D-backs rotation suck, also they're – there have, there have been injuries which have allowed him to take a very prominent role now in that rotation, almost to the point where now, um, you know, he's probably, he's probably going to be in there for, honestly, an indefinite amount of time. And we might even see Brandon Fat get called up, and that will be exciting as well if that does That'll happen. If it does happen. Jameson's already, he's 25. Like, he was he was waiting for this, for this day to happen for, uh, you know, a hot minute. So not that surprising to see him get the call, but we'll see how long he stays. He's been doing well so far, um, and he's he's shown he can strike guys out and he can get guys out. He's had a good whip in his past two seasons uh, in the bigs. He's it's like been sub like one point one five, so that's always good news when you're not letting guys on unnecessarily and you're striking guys out. Jameson I think projects nicely for right now. Um, I think Dodge had a good pickup there. Over the course of a season, again, like these are the guys when these because they're the guys I've, I p- I picked were basically rookies. They're so volatile. Like you have no idea what you're getting. There's no track record. There's not a lot of oh. data. Yeah, it's, right. you're just throwing darts at this point. So I'm I'm excited for Jameson for his future. That was a mega echo on your end. Anyways, um, again, um, Dodge definitely went digging in his organization, which is is good to see. He cracked me up when I saw that pickup because I knew he was waiting. And I'll just touch base real quickly on Gunners picking up Alec Burleson. That could be a sneaky one, too. I mean, I watched a few Bird games already, and he's getting enough playing time to make it count, if you will. It's a crowded outfield, but it's it's an outfield that needs to be pacified, so I can see him getting some decent playing time. So that might be a sneaky one right there. By the way, the Gunners, let me break that down. Oh, or what, April 10th? And he's already made eight acquisitions. Well, I, thought, I thought I was that's bad. One of one of eight. Actually, you're right behind him at seven. Yeah, okay, that's, that, that makes sense. Yeah, $40 spent by the Gunners to your 36. The uh, Wonders had six total at 32, so all you know within that frame. It's like, guys, it's April 10th. And even for me, I mean, I usually don't make a until the end of April, but I did I did uh, two already, which is uncharacteristic. So, 
dropping 14 Listen, bones. So I've made I could have had 10 10 or 11 by this point. I've made a lot of decisions of not making decisions. Of not making so, decisions. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, like I am going to give myself credit there that I could be out of whack by now if I really wanted to. Cuz this this time of year is when I'm I'm very active on the wire cuz th- there's so many there's so much hype around guys that I get sucked into and I'm trying to like kind of curb that a little bit cuz I do get I do get like in that undertow of just just a hype train and I end up getting just demolished by it. So, yeah, I'm trying to curb that. I definitely got sucked in by the Eraldus Chapman hype train. It he looks like 2019-2018 Chapman. He's just blowing it by dudes and they don't even know what they just saw. He's looks to be the closer in Kansas City when before uh, he was in the Yankees, it was like what is he the closer? It's just the Yankees bullpen has always been like they say they have a closer, but then it just feels like a revolving door anyways. So, you know, that was already a bad situation. But seeing Chapman finally have a like a, a, a very prominent role where he's actually a closer on a bad team, by the way, though, that's, that's the best of bummer is like how many opportunities is he going to get? But he looks like the Chapman I think of. Yeah, like I said, I got sucked in on that hype train. And on that same day, on April fifth, the Gunners again making another move, and it could have, could could have been the pick of the year. We'll overhype it, uh, Adam Duvall, um, until the dude just went on the shelf. So uh, we're gonna blame Aaron for jinxing that one there and picking up the hottest bat and uh, ruining my our chances of the Red Sox ever trying to compete. So thank you, Aaron. Aaron, don't feel that. bad. Duvall was definitely going to crash to earth. No problem. <laughs> Do not feel bad. He was going to hey, the year hitting 210. Don't feel bad. Truly fun. Truly fun watching while it was still, <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah. It was cool. It was like, who the heck is this guy? That's not Adam Duvall. I've, I know Adam Duvall. This is not him. But yeah, it was fun. But unfortunately, all good things come to an end. And then uh, next day, the 6th, the Gunners continue. It's like he's buying vowels on the Wheel of Fortune over here. Um, he's two more Jorge Mateo and Brian Anderson, and Justin Steele was picked up by the tribe. Uh, you got Brian Anderson highlighted. Go, go for that one. Yeah, Anderson uh, immediately became one of the best bats in that in that Gunners offense. Um, low right now is kind of headlining the offense right now. It's not like it's not that sexy of an offense. It's the lowest scoring team in the league, so you know it's not going to be. You're not going to have just like a slew of guys putting up points. But Anderson immediately comes in, makes an impact right away. It's a good pickup for him. Um, he can play him every day, no problem. It's not that easy to find guys like that on the wire in a 16-teamer. So uh, for 5 bucks, I think it's a great deal for, for Aaron. Um, and I think Anderson, like I said, all these, all these guys that we're picking up, are we are tailing the end of the, of the initial hype that's going to die down. I think all of us are factoring in some, some type of regression. Anderson, I don't think will be that bad. Um, I mean, obviously, he's not going to keep doing what he's doing. But Anderson, I think, might be the closest to what he's actually doing right now um, than anyone else we've talked about. Um, so that's good news, I think, for Aaron. I could be way off on that. He could end up just you know, being out of the ball and be hurt. But I liked that when I saw it. I, I kept looking at Anderson, but I didn't have like a necessary need for him. I already have third basemen and outfielders that... I'm already struggling to, you know, who do I start? Who do I bench? So, yeah, good mm-hmm. pick up by Aaron. And you need to save your money for the next day. Actually, in two days, picking up the chosen one once again. <laughs> Brent Honeywell Jr. is a green onion. Big news. 
it was a good day. Like I, I, I have been dialed in on Honeywell for a long time, probably since 2017. Um, so devastated all the injuries he's gone through. I've I have watched his journey. It's very excruciating. It's a very storied past. Uh, one of of just disappointment mainly, and unrealized potential. But he is on the Padres. He is on a very very good team. A team that could probably win a division that has the Dodgers in it. Um, he's getting opportunities. They're not high leverage ones. To be fair, they're like you know seventh, eighth inning. He gets he has to go out and get six outs. Um, but in those in those outings, he's had three outings already. Uh, he's put up you know two innings in each of them. He's got he's got seven Ks. So I mean you know he's only given up two hits. That's the Brian Honey. That's the Honeywell that I know. So him doing it at, in the big leagues. No. Yes, it I is mean, different. The Honeywell you knew was that's a starting one. pitcher. You're talking about a reliever now. So that's we'll fine. just get in reality. That's here. fine. Okay. No, I think it works for me because you know what? I need relievers. Yeah. That's so, fine. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's where reality hits now. You know, that's where he is. And that's fine. There's no harm with that. It is. But I, he's on my team. And that's what I want. I want him on my team. So, yes, I, I, probably, should, I probably should just left him alone. He's probably going to just totally implode after I picked him up. It feels good to look at my lineup and see him in there as a big leaguer and actually put points on my team. It's like, this is, what, this is why we do what we do. In two weeks, the twenty fourth, we will have another show. We'll see where Brett Honeywell is at that point. Whether dead, probably dead with the green onions or not. Out of a we'll job, that DFA'd. <laughs> um, not highlighted, but I do want to make a mention of the fanatics acquiring Patrick Wisdom. If I am ever injured or housebound or whatever, I'm bored. I can't do it. I can't move. I want to do some research and see how many times Patrick Wisdom has been acquired in the same lot. I had him all year last year. And I tell you what, if, I think you need, if you need to lead the league in strikeouts, Patrick Wisdom is the guy you go to, for sure. Uh, he hit like, I don't know, off the top of my head, I'm thinking like 218, and he had like 30 homers. It was the most aggravating own ever, because whenever I didn't start him, he'd go yard, but if I started him, he'd have three Ks. I just like, I just want to pull my hair out every time I had, like, I had to make a decision on him. So I hope Matt has a better time than I had. I imagine he will because Wisdoms looks like he, he's actually figured out how to hit the ball consistently. Over the course of his season, I think Wisdom um, will do fine. I think he'll probably be better than his 218 last year. Yeah, I think the, the target goal is probably like 235, 240. Um, Wisdom reminds me of a Jimmy Edmonds. He's hot for three weeks, cold for six. Yeah. So I mean, you just got to know when he's cold and when he's not. not have the glove of Jimmy Edmonds. But yes, you do have uh, one more pick by the fanatics, by the way. Um, Mike Clevenger highlighted. Go with him. Go ahead. Clevenger has been a point of controversy uh, for all. Yeah, for all he's been through. Um, he's also been hurt in that in that time as well. Clevenger was, I'd I'd say dominant when he was an Indian at the time. Uh, so to see him kind of go through. That progression of just being, you know, dominant to worthless, pretty much like unownable, uh, to the point where you pick him up off the wire, is interesting to see. And I think in that White Sox rotation, um, there's a lot of cushion. Like you have a Cease, you have a Giolito. You know, you're kind of like the third guy in there. Um, he's not really a, a leader like he was in that Guardians rotation. 
And now he can just kind of do his own thing. And I think with this new opportunity he has, I think I think he will do very well. I think we'll see. Um, a gl- I think we'll see a lot of glimpses of the Mike Clevenger that we had seen three or four years ago. Uh, and yeah, if we do see that, that's a very good pickup by Matt. I like that. Moving on to Sunday was hardcore picking up Tanner Hawk. Well, the Red Sox. Um, I mean, he could he could be serviceable, but I don't think he'll last with that team. I don't think hardcore will be patient enough to keep him. So, um, little rental, I believe. He is he's a starter for right now. Um, granted, that entire like the Red Sox have eight number five starters in the in the rotation. It's crazy. I've never seen That's a team true. like I keep it. About that. Yeah, I have no idea. Like all these names, you look at their entire entire like pitching staff. They could be starters, or they could be, they could be relievers. I don't know. Most of them are relievers. They are. Yeah, and you got Garrett are. Whitlock. You got Cutter as well, who was mm-hmm. technically a reliever, but he's a starter. You know, all these guys were. Yeah, Hawk was a reliever. reliever that they then threw over and said, "Hey, kid, go freaking go throw one more inning than we need you to." It's like, okay, I guess so. I guess I'll try that. But, but the. The reality is some relievers are pitching more innings than starters anyway. So, I mean, you get more value with a, quote, reliever than you are a starter game in and game out. Yeah. You only go three or four innings. So. Hawk has been pitching well in the opportunities he's been given, but I don't set lasting at all. Like, I, I, that Red Sox team is a dumpster fire. So I, even if Hawk is just like, even if he is good, I just don't think that that situation will stay the way it is now. I think something he's just not gonna sustain that. No way. I just if he does, you know, I'll, I'll eat crow on that one. But you know, I it's a good pickup to chase the chase the points where they're at right now because he is still doing he's putting up decent numbers. Um, but of course, of a season, I see Mark cutting him no problem. And to wrap this segment up with uh, today's uh, transactions, the wonders were the only one making some moves. Uh, they woke up and realized, crap, we're in last place. Let's shake this up. And they made three acquisitions, acquiring Eli Morgan, uh, Garrett Cooper, and Geraldo Perdomo. Perdomo, I mean. And Perdomo, I have a personal problem with, just because I was burned with him. He just didn't, I mean, me being in a deeper league, he just was not moving, moving very slowly. But here he is, finally blooming and having a great start with 23 seasons. So hopefully he's figured it out, but I had to cut ties on him in my other league. So we'll see. For reference, I'm in that exact deeper league, and I picked up Perdomo, and I'm reaping the benefits. And I have to say, Jason, yes, you are. Uh, you know, not, not, a, not, not a bad not pickup so up. far. <laughs> but what I think the interesting part of these, of these three pickups is that they're all guys who aren't going to be out for too terribly long. That, that was in, kind of interesting to me. Newt is going to be on a, a rehab assi- assignment soon. Marte, at least I saw him listed as, he's, he's going to be like a 10 to 15 day guy. And Munoz, I think it's, it's, he is hurt, but it sounds precautionary. Like the, the way I heard the Mariners talking about his injury is that it wasn't so severe that they're going to have to like, we're going to have to ease him back into the bullpen and everything. He's going to have to go to, like, no, it sounds like it's just obviously ailing a little bit. We're going to give some time off. He's going to come back. He's going to be the Munoz that we know and love. Uh, so to spend 15 bucks was kind of a... It's a move that probably had to be done, especially uh, how poorly Jason started off the season. Um, 
But yeah, I don't. It just seems like a waste because they're all going to be coming back soon. Yeah, I mean, right now he's just trying to get a win. You know, I mean, yeah, me too. Sitting there with two wins, he's just trying to shake it up a little bit, and you know, there's no guarantee when they come back. So you can't wait around. If you're legal to put them on the DL, put them on the DL or IL, whatever. Go for it. IR, whatever, whatever we're calling it now. Shockingly. I said earlier there were six uh, injury moves. He did. The Wonders did half of them all today. Three out of the six were done today. That's incredible. I thought there would have been more injury moves throughout because there's been a plethora of injuries. But update: Jordan Walker's at the plate. By the way, oh, dude. That's it. We will take a break and come back and talk about what's going on, what's really going on in the league. So we'll be right back. And we are back, and those of you keeping score, we're well past the 30 minutes, so this looks like at least an hour show, so you listen to this during your lunch hour, you might have to stop the play and play it later, so we do apologize, but hey, when you got contents, you got it, so getting your money's worth. We're going to go around the league per team, give a little love, um, those who deserve it, but the ones that... the one that deserved the most is the new guy, Drew, the bail bomb, on top of the division, ladies and gentlemen. April 10th, they are 6-3, and three, best record in the league, not just in the division, the weak division, as they say, but in the league, they are 6-3. and three. I would have lost my money on that one, I'm just saying. No disrespect, but it's fun to watch. I saw, I saw them, I shot them a PM over the weekend of opening weekend and then seeing he had a great uh, open a weekend. I'm like, buddy, good job. Way to come out, out on the gate, but then held his own. So yeah, six and three bail bonds taking care of business and even beating the heat wave. My yeah, yeah. He won that. He, he won in a four game series against the heat wave. It's not like he just like looked out and wanted to like, like, like a coin flip rubber match game, but no, he really took it to him. Um, I was shocked to see that against you know a, a, a new team versus a, a team as dominant and as much of a juggernaut as Heatwave is to take him to take him away in that series was like wow that's very impressive and he's doing it with guys that he inherited and guys that he went out and got in the auction so you know Bo and Acuna definitely leading that leading the the offense right. along with Ty France um, out of nowhere. Um, Andy's favorite player, Joey Gallo, actually showing that maybe he's worth something. And see, I don't know if the shift really has anything to do with it. I haven't really watched his at bats enough to to recognize that or know. Um, because he has three homers, I don't think the shift matters when you go yard. So, but the shift does matter as far as pitches that you're getting in your at bats, because guys aren't trying to throw you. If you're like a lefty, you know, you don't have a righty trying to throw a backdoor pitch in on your hands, and that's just going to make you hit to the right you know, that right side into the horseshoe shift. So the elimination of that whole aspect, I think, gives Gallup more of a pitch selection. He's actually playing well, and that might be Bill Bond's, like, a great a great expansion draft pickup for them. And Andy might be having to kick himself that he got rid of him. But um, still too early to call on that one. I think but, it has a lot to do. You, you, the shift is part of it. You also, if anybody's been paying attention to these games, 
the game has changed. I'm not talking about the pace of play. I'm talking about the pace of play that has affected the pickoff move, that has affected the running game, that has affected every, the, the trilogy, if you will, you call it, the pitcher, the batter, and the runner. And it's a whole dynamically different type of event because of the fact that you have no time to think. You have no time for the pitcher at all. Uh, you, you, you either you're going going to throw it over, you're wasting your two throws, or you got to deliver and deliver quick, and you're leaving a meatball. That's where I think Joey Gallo will benefit throughout the season. Um, which yes affects the shift, but I think it's all of it together. And I do see Gallo doing quite well this season. I probably should have put money on that one actually, but I, I didn't. know. Yeah, uh, maybe a future on Joey Gallo MVP would have been, I don't know, $8 million no, one. No, 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 no. I am not drinking cool that way. Say, I'm just saying. I don't even know if they'd allow you. I don't know a sports book that even put that out there. <laughs> so, yeah. What, and just to recap with the Bonds real quick, um, played the Gunners, okay? We don't know where the Gunners are at. Obviously, they're at the bottom currently, but again, I apologize what I said in the earlier segment with only two wins for the Wonders. The worst team are the Wonders, the Gunners, and the Fanatics with three wins already. So that's still respectable. I mean, you're literally three games back from the top. So um, nobody is out of it. It's been a decent week plus, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Of nobody running away with it or getting skunked or anything like that. So still close. We don't know who's good or bad yet, so it's way tight. But to see the bonds on top, that's just just that's exciting. It's really exciting. Uh, moving on to the Black Sox, um, they're sitting at four and five. They played the Golden Domers, the Bonds, and finishing their series with the Hardcore. Um, I don't know where they're at currently tonight, but they're on the brink of maybe losing that series. They're down uh, two games to one. I wish I had my live score up. But do you have it, perhaps? Yeah, they. It, you're right. It's it's twenty eight twenty one. Black Sox over Hardcore right now. Um, so we can go either one. Yeah, absolutely. It's way too early to even call on that one. However, Shavs is projected to absolutely smoke Dodge right now. Because um, he does have Gallon yeah, and Webb okay. going, which okay. that's a major shift, and they're both early on in their games. So, right. um, however, Webb is is already gotten kind of shellacked so far. He's down four nothing, and Gallon's got a one nothing lead. So, yeah, all too early to call. And what the heck happened to Dodge right here? He just got minus <gasps> Matt Brash with the loss. I was gonna hype him up too. Oh my Ooh. goodness, Matt Brash. Hold on, I need some. Hold on, I, I need some. Uh... Uh, Update music. Did it? Did it? Did it? Did it? Did it? What? This is horrible. Can you that name one more time. Matt Brash, my favorite. My favorite. Uh, yeah, maybe not my favorite anymore. Perhaps I don't have to repeat that. Looks like he. Tell me. The looks like he gave up a walk off. Walk off something because it's uh came in the tenth inning and it looks like they lost the game. He got the loss. He had one out, one K. One loss, so that's a major shift for the Black Sox. They just lost four points there, and now it's a one-point game with Shobbs having two pitchers going. Yeah, kind 
kind of a long section there on that one. But, yeah, not looking good for Dodge. Looks like he's going to lose that series. And if he does end up losing the series, um, we do have a little factoid for that. They have outscored the Golden Domers and the Hardcore, but they will unfortunately lose both series. Um, they also had less points than Bail Bonds, but they won the series. So kind of a little game of opposites <sighs> here for Black Sox. Or game, in the early going. Brutal. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you got smoked on Monday the 3rd by Bail Bonds, 42-3. to three. That's a 39.10 differential. That's a huge one. Yeah. I don't know. Let me let me click on my stains real quick and see if that's the worst one. It is not, believe it or not. Golden Domers have the worst defeat at 45. We'll get into that in a minute, but no. In fact, there's a few others that's worse than 39, but 39 is a lot of points to be losing by. So and that made a difference in that series. Yeah, to your point. The oh. uh, That Black Sox team has definitely underperformed to what their potential is because it's like it's yeah it's a lot of young guys it's a lot of really talented young players um only issue is that with young players like that they're not going to be good out of the gates so this is a start that might be even worse than it is now and probably will will just be it'll, it'll be a better team as as the years go on um but this year might just be rocky honestly it, it might it might just not be what I think the Black Sox are used to performing it. Um, but it is, it's it's also being led by two guys who are injured right now. Um, Tim Anderson, who has knee soreness, he's day-to-day. But that's not, I don't think that's a big worry. White Sox don't seem to be worried about it. Um, and Michael Harris, of course, is on the IL currently. So two of the kind of cornerstones of that offense already kind of kind of at least uh, nursing some injuries in the early going. Boys of Summer, one of nine, nine teams with a five and five, five and five, five and four record. Um, he is the only team that can say he's got the longest winning streak of four at this infant of a season. Four game winning streak tops the league. Um, he is sitting. Where is he? Let me click over. My bad. He lost his uh, first three against the Heat Wave right out of the gate. Opening weekend, um, pretty badly too, mind you. Um, yeah, it's the largest series margin. Oof, that was bad. That was a bad season. Bad yeah. series. I mean. Yeah, it was ninety-three point differential. <laughs> and meanwhile, he is sitting pretty after winning a four-game winning streak, uh, sweeping the Dukes after that, and then taking currently two out of the three so far. I don't know where they are tonight. Let me do a quick. Review. Do, 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 do. Who are they playing? Too Gunners. close to call. Way too close to call. Oh, way too. Yep, yep. So that's on the brink. It's either going to be a tied series of two to two, or they'll win the series three to one against the Gutters, but still sitting solid with uh, five wins on the short season so far. So not not looking too bad. Um, had a bad start, but he's his average has gotten up a little bit, even though his last two games have been on the low. He squeaked out a 18 to 16 win yesterday, so um, we can uh, sometimes appreciate that. So, rounded up is really 19 to 16, but um, those are gonna happen, you got to take those, 
Yeah, it's kind of surprising how badly he got beat to start the season. But I mean, you know, it's first three games of the season. Anything's going to happen, anyways. Um, we'll we'll see them kind of balance out over the course of the year. They have a very talented young offense. They have no holes. They do. Yeah. Um, you just go through that entire that entire lineup, and it's just my goodness. I, I like to have him. Yeah. Like to have him. Like to have him. Um, right. And Brian Reynolds right now is leading the charge. He has the most points for any player that's not named Duvall. Um, he's he is. Definitely making sure that the Pirates know, pay me right now. Um, so very excited to see him actually, you know, showcasing what he can do at high level. Um, Officially, the player of the week in the National League. Definitely, totally deserved. Uh, but that rotation uh, needs some help. Uh, Jack Flaherty. I know I gave him to Alex. I I needed Jack Flaherty to be good because if Jack Flaherty is not good, the Cardinals are not good. Turns out, Jack Flaherty sucks like really bad. I don't, I don't know. So many walks, man. It's hard to watch. So many walks. Yeah, I mean, I guess no one's hitting him. I don't know. I, no one. Maybe that's the good news. Like, at least he's not getting smashed. But That game was brutal to watch. But which one? So Both of them sucked. Bad. Well, I didn't catch his last one, but the one where he pitched a, quote, no-hitter was just... Yeah, it was tough. Um... Alex, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I did that to you. Alex still has a free pickup in the best pitching prospect in baseball with Grayson Rodriguez. So, and a lot of people don't think he's the best anymore just because he got hurt, but look, he's still the best. And I think it's a phenomenal technical pickup because he's got him stashed in his minors right now that should Rodgers or Flaherty just show they are not performing where Boys of Summer need him to be. It's, it's He slots him right in, no problem. We went on to the... Um, Desert Dukes. We're just doing it, by the way. We're not doing it by standings. We're doing it alphabetically just because that's the way my spreadsheet is designed currently. So, Breaking Badgers, five and four, um, leading the league total points going into today at 288. That's pretty good, actually. Who are they playing right now? Badgers. Where are they? I can't even find them. Oh, they're playing the Tribe. Ooh, they're going to lose tonight. That game is over. Yeah, by a lot. 31 2 apparently. So they're going to be at 500 uh, by sunrise, um, but still doing quite well. You know, game day in and day out. Their solid averages there. Their lowest game was four, almost 15 points, rounded up, uh, that started the series on Friday um, against the tribe. Um, but their, their average is looking very, very good. Uh, points per game, so if they keep that up, they're going to be just fine. What scares me is that this team will actually get better as time goes on, because um, if you look at their offense, I you know, Miranda and Hayes, I believe, will figure it out. They're performing very poorly right now, but I believe that they'll figure it out. That off, that The outfield that's currently leading that team will, will just keep leading the team all year. You got Franco, Rosarina, Verdugo, Crone, Buxton, Riley Green. I mean, just I mean, I would love to have that problem of just who do I start. Um, uh, and he's probably not even going to start Cabrian Hayes, like I mentioned, because he's got Gunnar Henderson, the number one prospect in baseball, on his bench right now just because he wasn't starting today. Um, so that is definitely exciting. And on top of that, Ken also has the number one catching prospect in baseball and just got called up, Francisco Alvarez. So that changes the offense entirely. Um, mm-hmm. When you look at his pitching staff, he has Lodolo. Right now, he's leading Major League Baseball in Ks. 
So he has shown up and shown out so far in his two outings. Uh, Darvish has been lackluster so far. That'll change. And I would think Giolito would probably have to get it together at some point because he's been getting knocked around a little bit, unfortunately. But he's not going to have a 9 ERA that starts to you know end the season, you would hope. So that'll he'll come back to earth in a good way on that one. So this team, unfortunately, gets better, even though they've already shown that they are no joke for right now. Um, now to the Dukes, um, sitting at four and five. Like I said, three of the f- three three teams total at four and five. Them, the Black Sox we just talked about, and the Moonlight Grams. Shocking. We'll get to them. Um, Dukes, nothing special, you know, across the board with numbers or just par so far. So um, they are playing you. They haven't even got a positive point today. I don't know where they're at with players remaining, but it's literally a slugfest of eight to zero right now with you leading the way. Um, hopefully, if you squeak out that win, you will split that series and move on to the next opponent. But the Dukes sitting there four and five right now. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, Dukes have three losses so far. Three of their five losses have been a combined total of ten points. So if they, when they lose, it's just by a very thin margin. Um, honestly, a couple points their way, and they look like a totally different team. Um, their offense right now is very balanced. All their starters currently are over 20 points, which if you go through everyone's team, that's a very rare thing to see. Usually there's a couple single-digit guys lurking around in the starting, off, the starting lineup that just kind of haven't shown, uh, you know, shown out yet. So to see a, a Dukes team with – you know, a very balanced roster like that. That's good to see. But there are some concerns over a full season. I mean, you look at their pitching, and like half of their pitching is over 34 years old. Um, I guess you know you don't have a problem with old guys, but I I I have run into many a problem with just them and their longevity and their fragility. I I do I do worry about them breaking down at a certain point. So yeah, kind of cross your fingers for JJ here. And see if he can get these guys to go the distance. Uh, well, you can't find a thirty-year-old prospect, so that's kind of you know redundant for you. So whatever, um, whatever. Brett Honeywell. In your list for sure. Um, one more nugget, uh, Desert Dukes. Um, you were talking about the close games. I just saw he got swept by the boys in summer uh, last week, and two of their games. One was by 2.10, the other was 2.5 points. Could have changed. One one double RBI could have changed that game, you know, or a victory that was actually a loss or a blown save could have changed that game. Moving on to, where are we? We're in the G section, Golden Domers. Golden Domers are sitting above 500, 5-4. Again, I'm looking at, uh, they do have the, they are the winners of the biggest ass whooping of the of the season, getting smoked by forty six points. Interesting part about that loss is that before that they had beat the Gunners in the previous series, just one game prior. Um, they won by thirty eight yeah. points. Yeah, yeah. And the next day yeah, yeah. get absolutely demolished. So that was definitely a bit high and low, very quickly. 
That is true. I'm looking at it now that it finally came up. Uh, got smoked 58 to 13, practically. We'll round it up 59 to 13 to the Wonders after beating the Gunners 49 to 11 with a day off in between, of course. But yep, that's probably going to be like golden domers for the season. They're going to have their highs and lows, they're going to have streaks, their peaks and valleys. But uh, there's, I mean, there were. A force to be reckoned with from last year. I think they'll still compete. It's just a matter if they can be healthy enough to stay there. So, yeah, I mean, just looking at the roster, uh, it's definitely. I mean, Alonzo is definitely the the leader of that offense. Has been for a long time, uh, and then Matt Chapman's been incredible uh, for the start of the season. It came out of nowhere with that offense. I, he showed it couple times in oakland that he could actually be productive on offense but right now he's just he's red hot so we'll ride that hot bat as long as he can uh they expect regression expect like hard regression very exciting for right now and then he's got on the on the pitching side of things he's got lazardo right now doing very well i i'm very high on lazardo i think he could be a top 20 starting pitcher by the end of the season so expect good things from him i think that what, what we're seeing now is what we're going to be seeing end of the year very good, very good. Moving on, moving on to the Green Onions, your boys, five and four as well. I, I've seen, I've seen where <laughs> you have been lucky against the Grams. You oh, yeah. won by by eight and by six to take a two out of three game series last week. So little luck there, and uh, looks like you might be lucky again against the Dukes tonight. So got to have that luck involved as well. So take it while you can. Yeah, I I did not expect to be close to where I'm at right now. I my entire team is just a dumpster fire. The only hope I have for my team is Adley and Jordan Walker. They're the reason I wake up every day. But I uh, <laughs> they are they are. Um, but I I don't see my team getting better. It's just I'm really down and out about it. I I know I'm winning ball games, but obviously it's just it's kind of. I'm a fraud. Like I'm, uh, it's very fraudulent wins I'm picking up here. So don't expect much out of me. It's just a bummer so far. Uh, the wrap up the the G section. Um, the Gunners, as we've spoken already about, three and six, the basement of the standings here. They are awarded with the least amount of most points, if that makes sense. As in, their highest game has only been twenty eight points. That's got to raise that up for being your highest. That should be your average. <laughs> so you need to get that a little higher to start winning ball games if you can. Not sure if that has to do with, you know, just perhaps the youth on his team or injuries that's been acquired, but that's where he's at or they're at, I should say. Yeah, uh, Gunners obviously have been disappointing so far. Um, currently, they, they tried to get a hot bat in Adam Duvall, but fortunately that uh, immediately is a non-starter, um, quite literally now at this point. Uh, he picked up Anderson, Brian Anderson, like we discussed earlier, to actually join low and kind of keep this offensive float for the time being. But I say the main thing that the Gunners can actually look at and be happy with is the rotation. Rotation so far has been, has been very solid. And I think uh, what you see in the Gunners' rotation is probably what, you, what you'll see at season end. You know, even their points per game. I expect this totally 
but it might even get even better because Scherzer's been under, underperforming so far. He has not been Max Scherzer that we know and love. Um, so that rotation, he can at least take some solace in that. That is that is okay. We can go from there. But the bullpen is very gross, and I think he could easily spend 15 bucks and just change it overnight because he's got Gallegos, Hicks, and Michael King. And Aaron, I'm going to give you a free piece of advice. Do not roster a Cardinals reliever right now. They are poison. They're toxic. They will spread throughout your entire team and infect it. Do not touch them. Cut them immediately. I second that notion. Uh, moving on to the H section. Hardcore. Five and four, but they could be more. I didn't even mean to rhyme like that, but we went there. Um, they had the worst luck so far. Um, I'm looking at it. Sitting against the the first series, could have swept the Fanatics, but lost by less than two points. 20, we'll round it up, 27 to 25. Follow the next series was against the Heat Wave, and on the fourth loss by are you ready for this? I'll just say the score 18.33 to 18.31. Yes, you can get closer by tying or by 0.01, but holy crap! Yeah, they could be top dogs right now, but they've lost two heartbreaking losses already. That's tough. That's tough to swallow. Absolutely. But, I mean, obviously this team is good. It's hardcore. I mean, it's good every year. Um, Ohapi came out of the draft. Immediately impactful bat. He, he, power that I didn't even know he was capable of. So, very surprised and happy with Ohapi's performance so far. And, of course, you got the Cardinal Cornerstones and Goldie and Arenado. Those guys will steadfast be his, his leaders in that offense for the time being. Um, Vinny P has been a bit, a bit slow. To start the season, not what I expected out of him, but don't worry, not no alarm bells going off for Vinny P. He will figure that out, no problem. And of course, Juan Soto being Juan Soto, just being elite. But baby Juan Soto, which is, I mean, I don't want to call him that, but Juan Soto is known for his for his eyes and his elite play discipline. But Miguel Vargas currently has eleven walks and six strikeouts. I'm. I'm thoroughly impressed for a guy that young to be showing that much discipline um, and being as highly touted as he was as just a a hitting prospect to also be showing discipline like that. Very exciting to see what that future plays out for him out in L.A. So, yeah, this this team is obviously very good. It's unlucky. I mean, I don't hate to see it. I I love it when Shavs loses. I think everyone loves it when Shavs loses. Um, Dude. While you're talking, I just checked. I just talked about those two close games. He's yeah. literally sitting. He's watching the live score right now and thinking the same damn thing. He is in a battle with the Black Sox currently at twenty four point eight four to twenty four point five three. I don't think that this will match. be close though, because he's like I said, he still has two pitchers oh, going. Oh, that's right. You did say yeah. he's got. Yeah, some we did. Close we back. did discuss that. He. I'm not worried about that. He, I forgot about that. Yeah, he'll he will win with a commanding lead tonight. I'm not worried about him at all. So he's funny. He's yeah. Funny. Yep, he will, I move on right to the heat, heat Wave. Heat Wave, who's on my list, sitting at Wrigley Field. I guess maybe this would be the time, real quick, talk about the Ivy. Or we'll, no, we'll save it for the next. Yeah. Because we're running, we're running along here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> heat Wave will prevent getting swept by the bail bonds, looking at it now. 
Um, yeah, he's got that one in the bag. So he's, you know, nothing to brag about. He's having a typical season. You know, he's a little bit of luck where he lost by one and a half points on Saturday against the Bill Bonds. Uh, like I said, he did have, he was lucky against a hardcore before that, winning by 0.02. So luck has gone both ways for him at this point. It's still early. He was the first, uh, well, he set the tone real quick by hitting the 60 spot on opening day. That one now falling to number three overall for the season so far. So, but yeah, 60 points is uh, making a statement right there. So, yeah, interesting little tidbit here. Lance won his first two series, um, the first one against Boys of Summer, and it had the largest uh, margin of victory in a series that we've seen so far with 93 points, which we brought up earlier. But Lance also had, had the smallest series victory with 0.9 against the hardcore, not, not even an entire point of differential. That's crazy. That's a good number. Yeah, so he has the largest and smallest win margin so far in the series, back to back. Um, nice, nice, nice. Fine. I didn't even see that one. Yeah, thank you. Uh, but obviously, it's it's a heat wave. Like it's just like the hardcore. It's a yearly juggernaut. Not. I mean, just that's that's who we got to. That that is the bar that has to be met in order to uh, go deep in the playoffs. So yeah, I mean, there's not much you can really say about him. This is just this typical. Moving on to the Iron Paws, five and four as well. Um, they do have the top score of the season so far. Just did on Saturday with 66 points. Boy, everything hit that day. I wish I played DFS that day, but it did not. <laughs> Other than that, honestly, this team <laughs> is feast or famine. And literally, I'm looking currently right now, and I'm minus yeah. five going into live scoring. So it's going to be a season i must say with this team because yeah i know i have the lineup to do it but whether they do or don't is always going to be the question so it's a matter of when you play me whether you can take advantage of it or not um, matt was not happy i had wonderful text from him over the weekend they're entertaining will not be repeatable but um anybody knows matt you know where we're going <laughs> yeah Absolutely. Uh, I had a tidbit on you, though. 43% of your points came in the past two days. Also, this is a little tidbit. Up until those days, you were averaging like 21 points per game. If you scored that amount in over the like Saturday and Sunday, you would be one point ahead of me. So, like, that was you were at, at like my level of pace going into the weekend. And ended up leading the entire division in points. Just to put it out there, black and white. Um, Sunday, I scored 51 points. Saturday, 66 points. Friday, 15 points. Wednesday, 8 points. Tuesday, 5 points. I have no words. Yeah, I have no idea where a team's at. I mean, <laughs> your, your catchers suck. You have no depth. But yeah, your offense is like really good. You're... you're Pitching is made with duct tape, but yeah, it's like doing well. I, it's it's so weird. I don't I don't understand your team <laughs> or how to project it even. And I got a two game Black Sox series coming up, so we'll see where if I can take advantage of my hot streak or not. Well, I don't know about a hot streak with minus five going, but we'll see. Yeah, I have no I have no words for my team. 
<laughs> We're just going to move on to the champions who are actually, um, I'm dumbfounded. Um, they are four and five, and they have um, the lowest amount of points of the of the league at 137. I'm like, what's happening there? I don't know if you found something in that one, but only scoring 137 points in the in, in nine games. So where where's that coming from? Do you have any? See, I, I think something that low, it's just kind of fluky. Cuz you look at their offense and they they really they really don't look that bad to me. Um Freeman and Zandy are are really showing out. They're they're leading the charge there. Um, James Altman looking like a, a great second round selection so far, making me eat some crow there. I don't think I ever said Altman would be bad. I just thought it was kind of a high pick, and I was worried he'd be like a Scott Kingery type situation for being you know kind of an, an older ish AAA guy that hit a lot of homers. But no, Altman looks phenomenal right now. He's the best hitter on the Dodgers, which is kind of crazy considering that lineup. But honestly, I think where it's all coming from is the pitching because it has been horrendous so far um bard is is on the il still in a reliever slot severino il in a starter spot um negative points from kluber negative points from kelly bassett disgustingly awfully bad more earned runs than he's pitched um your quitty is like the the shining beacon with 11 points it's just like it's just so bad I think I think the combined total of the Grams rotation, the entire pitching, is like seven points in the first, you know, nine games. It's crazy. You brought up Bart, and I didn't know this until I heard about it a few days ago. He's actually still affected by the World Baseball Classic. Um, he's the one that took out Tuve, I believe. I think he hit him. In the, I think he was the one to hit him in the hand. I might be that might be the wrong player. Who else got hit in the? It was in the classic though, and it, it it's got him in the head right now. So hopefully he can get back on that because he's he's had struggles in the past of his uh, psychological game, if you will. Oh, is it, he, his anxiety he's out for? He, tremendous, oh. he, I mean, huge. Interesting fact was he was helping teams out in the mental game because he overcame because when he was even with the Red Sox he was struggling too and at this point he I forgive me I can't remember who he hit but it was the World Baseball Classic that it affected him and he had to be shelved because he's just not right now mm-hmm. so it's kind of weird that he bounced back he was actually reaching out and helping other players and he's off the track again with his own struggles so hopefully he bounces back himself so yeah that's not an easy battle to fight so I wish him yeah. the best there Definitely. All right, off track on that one. Um, where were we? We are on. Grim. Yes, correct. Yeah, we're done with them now. We pretty much got through. And they're in a dog fight with the Phenom currently with a 33-32 game. So they might have their first back-to-back wins of the season if they can pull it off. So we'll see with that one. Okay. Uh, Fanatics sitting three and six. A little rough out of the gate. Um, played hardcore. Lost that series. Played breaking badges. Lost that series, and we'll split with the pause um, to sit at four and six at the end of the night. Just another team that not scoring a whole lot. I mean, their most points has been 30, 
39 points against the Badgers, but his overall is still low. In fact, I believe... Yeah, I have them pegged yeah. for being outscored um, in every series so far, but they have not gotten swept. So that's the that's kind of the silver lining out of all this, is that at least they haven't gotten swept. The unfortunate, he's, he's got the luck, if you will. Um, their opponents have scored the most points against them. So it's always somebody, and it's Matt right now, so at 293 points that he's battling where he's only scoring just over 200 currently. So that does not help the cause. Moving on to the Phenoms, um, sitting at 5-4 and four currently um, in a dogfight with the Moonlight, as we already said. So they could possibly split the series with Moonlight Grams tonight uh, if they pull out a victory. That'll put them at six and four. But if they lose, they'll be at five hundred, and they'll lose that series after sweeping the Wonders um, last week and losing to the Dukes to open up the series or open up the season. That is uh, nothing extraordinary to look at point wise. Their average, their score is up decent. Uh, their lowest uh, amount of points has been fifteen. So that I mean, there are only a few teams that are not made it in single digits. They're one of them. So. Um, they're they're keeping their average afloat, if you will. So, uh, so the Phenoms basically have four losses. Uh, two of them were in double digits, losing one game to the Dukes by seventeen. The other one uh, in double digits was Moonlight Games, almost fourteen points. His closest loss was against the Dukes at three and a half points. Other than that, he's had a few luck victories, beating the Moonlight Grands by two, and. Wonders by five and a half points. So another team that could be seven and three or four and six or who knows. So we're still there. It's still not enough data, but this is where we're at. Yeah, they did have some luck because even during that Wonders sweep, the Wonders scored 36 points in that that span. So it wasn't wasn't a team that they were really trying to scrap for wins or anything. Especially when they have a, a two-headed monster in Houston with Kyle Tucker and Jordan Alvarez, and Vladdy Junior is doing Vladdy Junior things. He's he's going about his business, um, and unfortunately, O'Neill Cruz is also doing his business too, showing um, that he cut he cut down his K rates. He was hitting for power. He was getting on base, doing everything he needed to, and freak accident happens pretty much and is out for well till august pretty much so right. at least yeah at least august and honestly the pirates are not in contention probably the whole season so right yeah so unfortunately kind of got to put him on the shelf for the year it's very sad sad to see for him it would be nice to see not even for the phenom's sake just for baseball's sake to see a season of o'neill cruz um, so that was a huge bummer and a massive blow to the Phenom's team like this. So, yeah, we'll, like you said, we will see how it plays out because there's a lot of questions here on this Phenom's roster. Moving on to the Tribe. Um, they are the beneficiary of opponents only scoring 137 points, which leads the league of around we'll up to 138. So... Uh, right, right away, you know he's a beneficiary of the luckness of the schedule. Let's take a look at the breakdown of his opponents. Uh, started off with the Green Onions, lost two out of three there. Um, won the series against me, winning 
a nine to eight game. Still bitter about that one. And then moving on and playing the Badgers currently with um, a commanding victory yesterday, 49 to 28. And sitting currently with a command. He's going to be six and four at the end of the night here. So he's going to win that series um, three to four or three to one, I should say, before he moves on to the Moonlight Grands and figure out where the Grands are at. So not too bad of a start. Started off a little rough, losing uh, back to back to you by almost the same amount of points, a five point differential. But then turned around and smoked you 25 to four. Yeah. So. <laughs> there is a flip side to that coin of luck, though. All four of his losses have been within five points. Correct. Um, so, yeah, you, you feel bad for him in that sense, but like you said, he's also benefited from, you know, he hasn't had that tough opponents. So, you know, you, you take what you can get, I guess, in this in this whole ordeal. But um, his team is being led by Andy's worst nightmare, which is Aaron Judge and Hunter Renfro, um, both, both guys that Andy had held on to for dear life and ended up fortunately shipping out. So that's kind of a bummer for him, but uh, could be using them right now, that's for sure. Also, uh, the Cubs need to get it together and call up Matt Mervis, uh, not only just for Johnny's sake, but for their own sakes. They've had five first basemen in, in what, probably nine, ten games? They all suck. All of them suck. Call up Matt Mervis and, you know, help Johnny out a little bit. And also on top of that, Johnny's own team, the Guardians, cannot keep his pitchers healthy because currently mm-hmm. Tristan McKenzie started the season on the IL. Now Aaron Savali is also on the IL. Huge um, blow. Yeah, so, but Battenfield got the call up, so that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, yes, yes, yep. I'm excited. Rasmus, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Drew, Ra- <laughs> Drew Rasmussen is a very bad, bad man. Uh, so far, he has 15 Ks, no walks, no earned runs given up. So Get that is, done. That's very scary. <laughs> that's awesome. All right, hey, we got one more team. Let's not leave out the wonder. The one of three teams with six losses, unfortunately, currently. Um, however, there is a gold star for the Wonders with a rough start. They actually have the largest margin victory of 46 points was that against uh the domers i believe um I believe yeah. So, yeah yeah yep it happened on friday um beat them up for 59 to 13 we'll round it up as but that's the only highlight he has for the season so far um before that only scoring nine points and five points against the phenoms being swept by the phenoms, of course. But yeah, he's a little rough start. Still a lot of data to collect. Um, he is going against the Fanatics and the Grams coming up this week. So see if he can gain a little momentum with those struggling teams too. But they can go one way or the other with the Wonders here. Yeah, because I mean, the first series, the thing we had mentioned for the Phenoms, he only put up 36 points in, th- in the first three games. Then immediately puts up 58 points. So I mean, obviously this team can show at times that it's it's capable of putting up almost 60 points, which you know n- not every team can do that. I know I can't do that right now. Uh, so that's that should at least give him some you know so- some solace in that that he can hang his hat on. Plus he's getting Newbar, Marte. Um, 
Munoz all coming back soon. And Jimenez has been, I think, for him, probably an unsuspecting staple of his offense uh, as of as of right now. And Yoshi, Yoshida, is has been very exciting to watch so yep. far. Yes. So, yeah. yeah, that that was. I don't want to say that was unexpected either, but um, there was definitely. I had reservations about him just because you know you never know what you're going to get from from a Japanese hitter. You have, there's nothing to go off of. Um, Otani and Ichiro's those guys are you know a dime a dozen, so you, you just never know with with a, a bat coming from that league what what are they gonna how they gonna react to the MLB pitching, but you also don't want to get caught in you know the the Suzuki hype last year where Suzuki was you know um, kind of in that rookie of the year conversation for the first two two months and then ended up just falling off a cliff, so. Kind of curious to see how Yoshida's season shapes out, but wonders right now. I think they'll be on a much better track going forward. And interesting, he started off opening day with thirty six points. You think, hey, you can't. He, that's he still got the loss, but still thirty six points. Nothing to uh, fret about on that end. But then he winds up getting swept by the Phenoms, scoring a grand total in three games of thirty seven points. So, where is this team at? Who knows? He did end. Yesterday with a 36-point victory, um, but go over the Domers. But right now, it looks like he might have either a bad outing or an illegal roster because he's got a bagel sitting up there. Let me take a look real quick. It's not great for radio. No, he's just not performing. He has no. He doesn't have an illegal. Why is? You think that's not great for radio? I just had the loudest ATV go by in the train. I didn't hear any of that. Yeah, you will. <laughs> oh, he's at minus three. So he's in the same boat I am. Man, that would have been bad if it was him and I playing. My had to minus three. Man, that's brutal. So that's that's not a good way to end uh, the series getting that against the Golden Domers. But Damn, there's some all like, new tomorrow. Yeah, there's some elite names on that roster. It's kind of weird seeing them all kind of just crap the bed. Well, when you when you strike out that many times, it's going to happen. So. Um, we are just a tad bit over our 30 minute segment. Um, oh, if gosh. we break it up, <laughs> Oops. so we want to apologize for that. Um, it was not two hours, we did at least go that route, but uh, we'll, we'll see if we can get this thing filed down a little bit for the future. But nonetheless, we did cover quite a bit. Good nuggets. Um, give us some feedback what you think was maybe too much. Or maybe you need more of, or maybe this is just fine. Who cares? If we if we do an hour and a half, we do an hour and a half. I don't even know what it is, but nonetheless, this has uh, been fun doing. Once again, we will do another show on the 24th, launch it on the 25th probably. No pressure on Cal. He is our producer. Puts it up on Spotify. I have no idea what I'm um, doing. You do a great job doing it, but nonetheless, with that said, um, enjoy Another two weeks of baseball. We'll be back at it again for the next segment on the 24th of April with more information and maybe better content and less ums. So until then, we will see you at the Diamond.